Hey there, I'm Lee Rowley, and this is Lee After Dark. Why? Because there's more to being a business leader than just business. Each episode, one brave entrepreneur ejects the elevator pitch and just gets real. Today, I'd like to welcome Suki, Suki Van Coverden. Did, did I get it right? Yes. Close yes, enough anyway. Yeah. Suki, how are you today? I am good. I'm really good. I'm really glad it's Friday. I'm really glad that I get to relax this weekend. So yeah, I'm feeling good. How Wonderful. Are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's not quite Friday yet uh, here, so uh, you're you're living in the future as far as I'm concerned. But I am, uh, yes. it, it's coming, and I'm happy about that. So we're all good, and I'm happy to be here with you today. So I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Uh, now the rules are simple. Uh, for the next 20 minutes, we can talk about anything you want but your business. Afterward, you'll have five minutes to pitch up a storm. But if you, if you talk about your business during the 20-minute uh, the interview, we'll take off a minute of pitch time for each infraction. So we gotta got to keep you honest here, right? Yeah, sounds All good. All right, you ready to play? Yes. Good deal. All right, let's go ahead and start the clock then. And what would you like to talk about for the next 20 minutes? So um, I guess we kind of met and introduced myself to you as a classic middle child with mm -hmm. middle child syndrome. So my sister did it first and my brother did it cuter. So I had to do everything more extreme <laughs> and crazier. Um, I guess I was kind of set up a little bit that way from the start with a name like Suki. Mm -hmm. um, so my sister's name is Sarah. My brother's name is Sam. Yes, for all S's. Um, I got the crazy name. Um, so... Yeah, I guess I kind of was set up from birth to be a little bit different, do things a little bit differently. So I've lived up to that name and that reputation and it served me well and I've had a really good life so far. Very cool. Uh, you know, believe it or not, I have met uh, another person in my life named Suki. Uh, but I neglected to ask, so I'm going to ask you if you know what the meaning of the name is. Yes, so at least where mine comes from. So my full name is Sukina, so S-U-K-I-N-A, okay. or in Japanese, Skina. And I've been told by many people that it's, um, it's more of a phrase, like so you would preface it to something you really like. So uh, Skina Sushi or Skina Podcasts would be, I really like podcasts, I really like sushi. So oh. something that you really like or you're really fond of or really affectionate of. Oh, how very cool. Yes. Oh, and how fortunate. You know, you, you could say it weird or strange, but I, I think it's fortunate, personally. Yeah, it's so, beautiful. I love a, it. You know, a, a badge of, of honor. So, well, fantastic. Well, you know, I, 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 I can't relate to the middle child syndrome because I was the only child, so I was all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, but so how did that affect you? I mean, you know, you say you kind of had to find different ways of, of getting out there. So, you know, how, does that, uh, how did that manifest in your adult life? Yeah, so I probably started quite early. So um, I probably my first big thing was going to uni. So I was the first in my family to go to university. Mm -hmm. um, so in I'm originally from the UK, now living in Australia, had some in the future. Um, so I, yeah, in the UK, when you go to university, you move away from home, usually fairly far away from home. So kind of just said to everyone, hey, guess what? I'm going to uni, um, moving three hours away and um, yeah, I'm kind of leaving next term. <laughs> so 
did that um, and that was a massive change but it was also hugely freeing as you can imagine. Sure. Um, I chose to study sociology and French uh, whilst most of my friends were doing you know chemistry and biology and maths and the future kind of job prospects um, they were thinking of that whereas I was just thinking of sociology sounds really awesome I absolutely love it uh, get to talk about sociologists and philosophers and social theory and psychology of society and all of that stuff so I chose joy instead of job prospects um, became fluent in French uh, in the UK if you study a second language you have to go and live in a country that speaks that language Oh, so, really? yeah, so the third year of uni, I packed up and went to France to teach English for a year. So that was, that was probably one of my favourite years of my life. Um, so many amazing opportunities and I kind of just had the, the attitude of saying yes to everything. So uh, someone knocked on my door in my apartment block and said, oh, I just thought, you know, we're having a party. It might get a bit loud. Um, so I said, oh, okay, no worries. And they said, oh, you're English. And I said, yeah. And they said, well, you should come along and, you know, meet some people because you probably don't know many people here. So I was like, okay, go along. <laughs> Ended up playing Yahtzee in French with my really poor French. <laughs> no idea how to play it in English even. So yeah, it was just, just kind of taking every opportunity that came and making the most of everything. And yeah, so that was probably like my first real huge experience of being a bit different, doing things differently. and choosing joy over job prospects and saying yes, even though it put me outside my comfort zone. Absolutely. And that had to be a wonderful experience and something that, that you are never, ever going to forget. Yeah, absolutely incredible. So many, you know, we'd just go to the train station and pick a random destination and go for the weekend and just go and explore and check out the art museums and, you know, eat food we'd never eaten and hop across the border to Belgium and go and explore and eat lots and lots of chocolate. So yeah, it was fantastic. Wonderful. Wonderful. So I spent a little time in France, but not, not enough to say that I understand the culture. So yeah. uh, it, it's, it's definitely a very different thing. And especially for, you know, from coming from the States, uh, it's, it's a little unnerving, but at the same time, you find out pretty quickly that people are just people anywhere. Yes, 100%. You know? and, and most of them, if you're uh, at least trying, will will give you a pass. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> yeah. They're so, a little bit less friendly to the English because they have this sibling rivalry thing going. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, like the French love to hate the English and the English love to hate the French. They're kind <laughs> of like brothers and sisters that always fight, but... At the end of the day, we, you know, we still love each other and tourists <laughs> for each other country, you know, each other's countries. So, yeah, they kind of, oh, you speak French. Well, you know, you'll never speak as good a French as us. Or, oh, you don't speak any French. Well, I speak a bit of English. So it's like this competitive attitude. But at the end of the day, we love each other. And yeah, that, France is that's really cool. Well, you hear that, France? We love you. Everybody, yes. your love. Love you so it's, it's okay. Yes. Yeah. Going back there next year, and I'm super, super excited. <laughs> well, wonderful. That is wonderful. I hope you have an absolutely fantastic time. Do you have specific plans, or is it just, you know? Yes, yes. So I'm heading, I'm heading back to Lille, which was the town that I taught in. So, okay. yeah, so it's in the north of France, um, and it's quite close to the Belgian border. So, yeah, I'm so, so excited. If, yes, more chocolate. May take a day trip to Paris, mostly crepes and croissants and pain au chocolat. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm really excited. Beautiful. Beautiful. So tell me about this experience of uh, having a backpack and a tourist visa 
and a very vague plan and going, you know what? Australia is where I want to be. Yep. <laughs> Another one of my crazy adventures. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so back uh, in my 20s, I had a boyfriend who was turning 30. Uh, we can, as us English, we can only get visas until we're 31 for Australia. So um, he said, you know, something I really want to do. So I kind of weighed up the pros and cons and um, I asked for a sign as to whether I should move over to Australia and give it a go. And as I was walking to work, a truck pulled up beside me and there was a flyer stuck to the side of the truck that said Aussie rules football. So it says a different rules of football they have here. And I thought, okay, Aussie rules, let's go. So I sold all of my stuff um, and packed a backpack and had a vague plan, um, moved over here knowing that I'd, I'd been here before and knowing that I pretty much wanted to stay. So yeah, I, um, came over here, we had to work on a farm for three months. So us POMs, as they call us, when we come over, if we want the second year visa, we have to do three months farm work or um, kind of out of the city, rural work. So yeah, packed up and went to a sheep farm. Oh, wow. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Like just such a different experience. And again, I don't, you know, disclaimer here, I don't think every middle child has the same experience and has to do things radically or move to the other side of the world or live on a sheep farm. This is just <laughs> my experience. <laughs> I incorporated the, that into my personality and kind of, yeah, just went a bit out there. Um, yeah, so the sheep farm was absolutely amazing, run by two incredible original Sydney ciders, originally from Sydney, and then they moved out to Victoria to start a sheep farm or take over a sheep farm and they took us in and fed us and gave us a job and yeah we basically you know pregnancy scanned the sheep uh, to see when they were lambing um you know kept them safe when they were lambing moved them from paddock to paddock for the paddock rotations driving around on quad bikes weeding even built a tennis court at one point wow <laughs> yeah what a an absolutely rich experience. I mean, I'm sure it was work and not all of it was all that much fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. quite sure. And I, I have to say that I'm still kind of stu stuck a little bit on the, the you, you said something like back when I was in my 20s and I was like, wait, what? What do you mean back in your 20s? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I, how have you gotten out of your 20s? You told, I, I, I have it, a baby face. But, uh, I'm in my 30s. I'm in my 30s now. So I'm in my mid 30s. Um, so yeah, I think I moved over here when I was 24, maybe. So 24, 25. Yeah. Okay. So I've been there for a while. And, and so how is life compared to the UK? It's very different. Um, it's different and it's not different. So, I mean, it's a very similar culture and it's a very similar culture to the US as well. Um, in fact, we have a lot of US influence here in Australia with the TV shows and the culture and the cars and the fashion and everything. Um, but I think there's a really big thing to be said for vitamin D. So we get so much more sunshine here in Australia um, <laughs> and people are friendlier. So I remember when I first moved here and um, I was at work and I got in the lift after work and there was a guy in there and he was like, oh, hey, how are you going? And I was like, oh, here we go. And, um, and I was like, yeah, good, thanks. How are you? You know, in the UK, when you get into a lift or an elevator, you don't speak to anyone. You don't look at anyone. You just kind of like 
stand there awkwardly until it reaches ground floor. Mm. Um, so I was like, okay, why is he talking to me? Um, <laughs> so I asked, how are you? And he was like, yeah, I've had a really busy day. Can't wait to get home to my wife and kids. Like I've just got a newborn and, you know, she's just been born and so in love with her and all this. So I was like, oh, okay, awesome. You're just genuinely being friendly. You're just a friendly guy. Got out of the lift or the elevator. He said, have an awesome evening and walked off. And that was it. And I thought, wow, okay, people just here, they're just friendly. They, that's just how they are. Even, you know, in the supermarket, when you, you put all your stuff on the conveyor, you get to the checkout assistant and the first thing you say to each other is, hey, how are you going? How's your night been? Have you been busy? You know, you have a conversation whilst they're scanning your groceries and you're packing them away. So it's just, it's so much friendlier and so much more open and so much more, I don't know, just welcoming, I guess. I felt so welcomed and at home the second I moved here. So. Yeah, I love it to pieces. That's really cool. And and it has to be a positive change. Uh, you know, uh, in, in here in the U.S., I mean, in, in more country areas, it's a little bit different. But in the cities, you, you do not make eye contact. Mm-mm. No. Not, if you do, you, like, unless you want to get into it with somebody, unless you want to, like, come to, to fisticuffs, man, you, you do not make eye contact. It's just yep. because the other person is probably either in a bad mood or they're crazy and you just don't want to get into all that. So, it, you know, I can imagine what a, what a relief and what an interesting change it would be to, to go into a situation where people are genuinely friendly like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, so did, yeah. I mean, did it take you a while to adjust? I mean, how you reacted? Because I mean, obviously you get those, uh, was the subconscious triggers, you know, from, you know, from where, from what you get used to, and you used to say, get used to like, I guess maybe almost being guarded, I yeah. guess this way, um, you know, so did that take a while to, to acclimate? Yeah, hundred percent. It, okay. it did take probably, I'd say probably about six months settling in and getting used to it and accepting that it, it's kind of universal here. Um, everyone's friendly. It's not just because someone has a hidden agenda or they, you know, they want to get something from you or ask something from you or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, there's been quite a few changes and things to get used to. So there's quite, there's a huge coffee culture here. Uh, mm-hmm. when I say coffee, I don't mean, you know, big brand, uh, chain stores. I mean like boutique kind of coffee experience and, um, yeah, we, we kind of shun the big chains here. They've, they've not done very well when they've tried to break into the Australian market because mm. we're so strong about supporting local businesses and, you know, locally brewed stuff, locally grown stuff. So it's, it is, there's so many aspects of the culture. I suppose now I take for granted that I actually really love about being here. Um, I wasn't a coffee drinker before I came here at all. Uh, I found that most of the kind of uh, business decisions and meetings and networking and friendships formed when people went out for coffee breaks. So mm-hmm. I started going out on coffee breaks and just ordering a tea, being English. Um, and yeah, and then I kind of, you know, started trying coffee and got to like it. And now I'm on about three cups a day. I probably shouldn't admit that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a big thing here. And that's just a small difference that I've noticed, but yeah, the, the kind of personality and the interaction and um, you know, where we live now, we're in Queensland. Uh, we're not in a major city. We're slightly outside of Brisbane okay. um, and it's very much, it's a small peninsula and it's very much locals for locals. So 
Um, my husband is a tradesman and he's always asked, uh, you know, are you local to the peninsula? Do you live around here? It's kind of the, the sussing out process for them. They want to make sure they're supporting local businesses and, you know, it's, I, I really love it. It's just, it's not, there's no sinister intentions. It's not like, oh, I'm not going to use you if you're not local, but it's like, okay, awesome. I get to feel cool about supporting a local tradesman. So yeah. yeah. Really cool. Cool. Now, uh, I was talking to a, a, another Australian gentleman last week, and uh, he, he complained of uh, the necessity for kangaroo dodging when driving. <laughs> and I just yes. want to verify this because, like, you know, uh, God, I love Anthony English. You, you know, he's a wonderful guy. Uh, you know, but I, I'm like, kangaroo dodging, is this a real thing? Yeah, it is. It's okay. not so much in the cities, um, but yeah, definitely a thing on country roads. So when I first moved here, I did the obligatory traveling between Cairns and Sydney. So it's a pretty huge stretch. Um, and that probably lasts a couple of months. Um, yeah, especially when you're driving at night. So they, they're usually quite lazy and sleepy during the day. They come out at night and they like to hop across the roads and uh, they're really big. They're so much bigger than you ever imagine if you've never seen one before. I've, and they make a big mess of your car if you come into contact. Um, so if you stop and they kind of decide to kick, um, then yeah, they can they can cause some significant damage. So you you do want to dodge them. You don't want to upset them. Obviously, you don't want to harm them, as that's the biggest concern. Sure. So you yeah, so you kind of avoid them, or you you're just always on the lookout. So the driver's driving, keeping a lookout, and the passengers kind of like keeping an eye on the verge to make sure there's nothing going to hop out and head across the road but yes it's a real thing i can attest to that <laughs> they're fast too aren't they they can be yeah they can okay it's amazing. yeah see here, here in the states it's mostly it's mostly deer uh but it, it, it's just it's just the same thing they're just not bright enough to adhere to the deer crossing signs uh, so <laughs> it's just you know uh, in fact anthony told me i could probably if i moved there i could probably make a fortune selling uh, kangaroo crossing signs uh, yes to the kangaroos definitely we'll see what happens <laughs> okay well we got a couple minutes here left in your uh in your, your part but we're doing great you have any uh any last story thoughts to share before we get into the business into things um probably just for anyone who's listening and thinking you know well i don't have the confidence to move to the other side of the world or you know i don't speak french i can't go and live there for a year i'll just say you know if if this sounds like a lot of fun and it sounds like inspiring and that you want to have the same experiences, I'd just say, just say yes to a few more things, obviously within reason. Um, you know, don't be yourself in danger, but yeah. What, what experiences could you have in your everyday life that you could say yes to that puts you a little bit outside your comfort zone so you can grow and experience amazing things, you know, go to a town you've never visited, take your family over the weekend and just stay in a motel and, you know, see if you can find some kangaroos for the Aussies or some deer for the Americans and, you know, try a local coffee place instead of going to the chain store you always go to, you know, just order something different. Every now and then I like to order something different to my regular chai or coffee and, you know, turmeric lattes are a big thing here at the moment. I don't know if they're big over there. Give one of those a go. I'm sorry, turmeric lattes that we Yeah, said? like the spice. Yeah. They're a big wow. thing. Wow. Yeah, get it. Yeah, you know what? I would try it, but it sounds <laughs> terrible. Yeah. So try it and then maybe order your regular order after that. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Just, just take experiences and do something a little bit different. And you don't have to move to the other side of the world. It could just be a holiday or a day or, you know, something you've always wanted to do. Like when I was young, I always knew I wanted to speak another language. I love speaking other languages. So I knew that would be a big part of my future. So hence studying French and living there and becoming fluent. So yeah, you know, if there's people around you who speak Spanish or French or Italian, just, you know, ask if they can teach you a couple of words or I, I have one word I always ask people in another language when I meet them and it's butterfly. So I say I'm a butterfly collector in other languages. So I always ask people one word and it's butterfly. I love oh. learning butterfly in other languages. It's nice. always so different. And it's, it's a really, it's completely not useful because, you know, the context you're ever going to need to say butterfly is really rare and few and far between. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really beautiful word to, to learn in a lot of different languages. Wow. That's absolutely, that, that is beautiful. Uh, you know, I, I knew a guy years ago uh, who endeavored to learn the phrase, oh my God, there's an ax in my head in every <laughs> language possible so this is i like this this is nice this is nice and nice and and, and probably more useful i would hope yes. yeah um, yeah probably. yeah <laughs> so it's, we'll go with that well listen you have uh, successfully completed the 20 minute we after talk not talking about your business challenge Woo-hoo. with flying colors and invisible confetti um so being a man of my word, I want to make sure you have five minutes to talk about uh, your business and anything you want where people can get a hold of you, make an offer, floor is yours. Okay, awesome. Uh, so besides off, uh, offering you or inviting you to do something a bit different and say yes to something a bit different, um, so my business is also completely different like my name, as you would expect. So I am a competition strategist by trade. So uh, if someone's launching a business or a podcast or um, they work in a business that needs to collect more leads or drive more sales or find out some intel about their customers, then I design a competition around that to find out more and generate some sales for their business. So completely niche, completely random. I don't to this date know of anyone else who does it. Um, it's kind of my superpower, I guess, to speak to someone and ask them about their business and their goals and where they're heading and what they want to achieve with their business and then kind of pull out all the elements that I can see that are relevant and work together and then bring them together to say, okay, so what I'm hearing is this is what we could do. And they're like, wow, that sounds amazing. So that's kind of my superpower. Like in the movies, uh, there's a, a superhero movie and he kind of, needs to look at the bigger picture so he he kind of brings everything up and he sort of walks around and you know taps a few things and then grabs a few things and brings it together that's like what I see my job in life and I think it's probably reflected in my experiences that I've talked about today um you know going to France moving to the other side of the world going to university saying yes to things you know doing a bit of traveling being a middle child playing Yahtzee in French you know all of these amazing unique experiences have come together to create me and my business and yeah, makes me really good at what I do. So if you're a small business or you're a marketer in a business and you want to run a competition for your business to launch it or grow it or achieve a specific marketing objective, then you could tell I'm a talker. I'd love to talk. Fantastic. And so uh, should they go to, uh, you have uh, origamiglobe.com or should, is there a, a different website they should go to find more information? 
Yep, so it's origamiglobe.com. Okay. And that's okay, where you'll find cool. everything. Um, we've got your socials on here too. What we'll do is we'll put all these in the show notes so that people can get in touch with you. Uh, any parting words? I absolutely love the concept of this podcast. It's oh, well, brilliant. You. Absolutely love it. So thank you so, so much for having me. And thank you to everyone for listening. It's been a real pleasure. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure having you. And thank you for sharing a glimpse of, of your exciting life and encouraging us to make our lives a little more exciting as well. Now, we are out of time, but if you found Lee After Dark more relevant and entertaining than most of the dreck out there, then subscribe to the Lee After Dark YouTube channel. And now get Lee After Dark in your pants. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Stitcher, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and who the heck knows where else so you can enjoy us wherever you stick your phone. Until next time, this is Lee Rowley with my new friend Suki Ben Coverdon. I tried. I tried to do it without <laughs> looking. <laughs> I tried. I wanted to do it without looking at the uh, be present and be well. <laughs>